Hello everybody, this is Dr. Fred. I am responsible, I am accountable, I am capable of assisting people to find their true voice and then deliver it effectively into the world around us. With 40 years in mental health, 32 of them as a psychiatrist, and then a massive amount of conversations, including podcasting and expert speaking, keynote speaking, I have the opportunity to really see the magic that it takes to find one's authentic self and then deliver it effectively into the world. And if you're like me, you can see that now more than ever, that's what's called for. So today is that day. Now is that time. Come forth. Join me in the broadcast. You'll see on the other side of this at True Voice with Dr. Fred. Welcome to another episode of True Voice with Dr. Fred. And uh, today I am very excited to introduce you uh, to one of my, if not my very best friend uh, as we walk the earth at this point, Um, a man who's really already co-hosted a couple, maybe about 20 podcasts with me already. And uh, we just have great conversations. So I invited Sam Morris to join us uh, for this call approximately 20 minutes ago. And uh, he wasn't even feeling well, and he had just started eating dinner. And and at the same time, he decided that he would be glad to join us. And then he actually posted into Facebook in that same meantime about how, uh, you know, if you really want to get over your fear, come on to a podcast in front of thousands of people without having a clue of what the host is going to ask you about. So that's that's his situation right here. I'm introducing you to my good friend, Sam Morris. Thanks for joining us on the True Voice with Dr. Fred podcast. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Fred. I feel like I'm sort of recovering from the sleepy torpor of your intro thing there it's 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 very much like oh i'm kind of it's like a a cross between being in a spa and being on npr or something Uh, like that i feel like we should be talking very soft and with a lot of sincerity right now yeah and i i you know not like we don't always do that and i think there's something you know there's something even new and fresher to talk just uh uh smooth and and you know smooth sailing and Really, Sam, when smooth looking at like the world, water. it seems like smooth sailing is what's called for. Things that things, you know, these things that have been going crazy in the world feel, you know, feel to me like they may have turned the corner and we, we may have gotten to a space now where uh, no, no more troubles calm. in the world now. I, I'm thinking that might have happened today. I'm not positive. I've been holed up in my home most of the day, but. From what I can tell, my intuition is that things turned around while I wasn't looking, and we have uh, mostly uh, peace on Earth. What's your thoughts on that? From all indications, all human challenges have ceased as of today. That's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. It's you know, and Because they really look like they were going to be perpetual. They look like mm-hmm. they were going to last and last and last. No, and isn't that weird? I mean, just, just yesterday, I felt like life was just a, a perpetual series of new challenges. And mm-hmm. apparently it's all just cleared up now. That's so, really, really cool. It's really cool. Do you think we, you and I might've had anything to do with that? Oh, absolutely. We probably were central in all of that. I'd we've like had, my, my narcissistic side would like to take credit <laughs> for that. Yeah. Like we've had, we've had this discussion before about, you know, like who we get to be for the world, but let's take this another level in, which is, it is an inside job, Sam. I mean, it is. We do get the world that we manifest. So 
there is something to the fact that we have something to do with how the world is is experienced to us. And more than that, we actually have everything to do about how we see the world. So in a way, we are responsible, narcissistically or not, for the way the world is turning. Help me out. As above, so below, and as without, so within. Exactly. I mean, there's a a lot of frustration, obviously, and anxiety going on about the direction of the world. Mm -hmm. That's also a, a big generalization when we talk about the world, what do we even mean? You know, it's this, it's as general as you can possibly get. It's as general, well, almost as general as saying the universe. But when we're talking about the world, we're talking about some sort of perception around the collective experience of humanity. And there's no way that any individual, no matter how deeply insightful, philosophical, or spiritual they are, can ever have a true sense of having their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the quote-unquote world. That's, um, <laughs> it takes a tremendous amount of ego to even make that assumption. Yeah. So, you know, what we see is we see a lot of interesting patterns and power dynamics and, and, um, you know, and then we see all sorts of really amazing things happening as well. Um, I was just listening to Tony Robbins, most recent book life force, Hmm. which is a 22 hour long book on audible, Hmm. uh, really dives into the current state of biotechnology research and what's available. And it is incredibly optimistic. So and, and one of the, the points that he makes early on in the book is that uh, COVID, despite all of the destruction that it did on people's families and the economy, also had this, the side benefit of uh, $80 billion were invested in biotech companies working on, uh, on using the best in science technology to you know, assess and analyze uh, how we can live better lives, hmm. and it seems like the medical paradigm may be on the verge of shifting into a whole new world uh, hmm. where our individualized healthcare can be prioritized. And uh, you know, so <clears throat> to say the world, to say anything about the world in any kind of generalities whatsoever, is. Uh, well, it's inherently going to be inaccurate. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. So, Sam, I want to share that we are on a, we're on um, a broadcast here. It's being broadcast to several different audio and visio, video live streams around the world. And although I've had this open on two other occasions, no one has actually called in. But maybe that's because I gave the number a little late in both of the last two, the way to call in. So I'm going to give our listeners a chance to give us a call if they want to share uh, what they're learning or ask a question or um, just simply uh, connect with us. The number for us uh, today is uh, to lo- in order to talk to both Sam and I, Sam Morris and Fred Moss, is 1-888-627-6008. It's 1-888-627-6008. Or you can call directly if you don't have, for some reason, if you don't have access to um, 
toll free. It's one three two three seven four 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 eight three one. That's one three two three seven four 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 eight three one. And uh, look forward to hearing from anyone who might have some ideas and thoughts. Sam, I want to I want to take something on that we talked about the other day. I kind of brought it to your attention, and I was thinking of posting today this idea of. Um, you know, this idea of a new medical paradigm is very interesting to me. As you know, as a kind of the undoctor, I've been pushed away. I pushed away this uh, paradigm a little while ago as being um, relatively inconsistent and incompatible with the way I wanted to provide care. But nevertheless, I am an MD. I'm a medical doctor and, you know, fully uh, accredited and even licensed. And I have a great degree from a great college. And this, you know, it always piques my interest to hear something like, well, maybe the medical community is switching its paradigm in a way that is actually health oriented. Mm. One of the things I noticed in time, um, and I think you're aligned with this, is that one of the key prerequisites for all healing is this notion of um, human connection, uh, creativity, conversation, um, communication, and then some connection appears to be really actually required for all healings of all types and including this so-called physical healing. And um, a lot of us, uh, you know, those of us who are consultants or coaches or um, mentors or guides or, you know, we use conversation to connect with another person and then alter the course of their life or at least take on the lofty notion that if you have a, a brilliant conversation and you connect with another person, healing can take place inside of that communication. Can you talk a little bit to what your thoughts are, including whether they contrast in any way with what I'm saying? Well, I completely not only agree with that, I've seen evidence of that for many years now, as I know that you have as well. Um, you know, I've been, I consider myself very fortunate to have the gift of deep listening and um, and connection, uh, which not all people have. It's um, it's a skill that I think is part my nature, and then also a skill that I have also developed as well. Uh, but to listen deeply to someone and really allow them to feel heard, mm-hmm. and be really present with them, it's far more profound than most people realize. Mm -hmm. And it can lead to incredible, incredible results. Because when someone really feels heard, they might really be feeling heard for the first time in their lives. And that's where breakthroughs happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's um, thinking about it recently, how, it's not your parents' job. Everyone, let me start this differently. Everyone has something they aspire to. Hmm. You know, when we start out as kids, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. I want to be this. I want to be that. There's dreams of who we can become. And our parents aren't necessarily suited to provide the proper space for that development towards that to happen. In an ideal situation, at least they keep you relatively safe and relatively healthy, but they're not necessarily skilled 
with being able to support that direction. And then we look for a certain amount of that direction with the friends that we gravitate towards. And we feel a certain commonality. So we associate with a certain friend group. And then maybe we go to college, graduate school. We sort of put ourselves in little pods of of influence and direction. And we might get a little closer to that achievement of that. But and then and then when we get married, we look for our spouse. You know, one thing that people frequently say with a spouse is, I, I want to be with someone who really sees me and respects me for mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. And a spouse might be able to do that sometimes, but they might not be able to do that. They might have other skill sets and they also have their own agenda, not to use that word negatively, but they have their own, they have their own emotions. They have their own needs and they're looking for something from you as well. And the relationship, even if it's a beautiful match on many levels might not really or rarely does really support that deeper endeavor of self-realization. And so that's where a really good coach comes in is to be the person who assists with the self-realization component, Hmm. who helps that person go, Oh, now I'm finally being seen. So I'm curious how, how you'd respond to that. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I had a, a recent call actually earlier today with somebody uh, who is perhaps, you know, just one of the most brilliant people I've ever met and, and troubled in his own ways, had a full life living up until now with massive traumas, uh, almost unspeakable traumas in his life, has been internationally traveled and has what appears to be very high integrity, loving family and parents, and um, yet is seeking some form of guidance in the, in, in the coaching that he sees me being able to provide for him. And one of the things that I think you're speaking of is this well-traveled road, uh, you know, almost like a, a road um, well-paved by the experiences with our parents or with our spouses or with our, um, you know, with our familiar surroundings um, although it does perhaps begin to pursue that which I desire for my life, absolutely can't bring it, um, can't bring it past a certain space because of exactly what you're saying. There are, uh, parents aren't equipped in any way really to, they, they're born in a different era. They have an entirely different agenda. They have an entirely different, um, skill set and, uh, and and not necessarily have every tool. In fact, they, they never have every tool necessary for their children to meet their, um, you know, to meet their aspirations. And then when you look at a spouse or even your best friends, it's true there is counterbalancing, um, counterbalancing, and sometimes uh, counter influential um, agendas on the other people's side that step in the way of. You actually freely pursuing that which is is uh, critical or represents honest to goodness, sheer and total, um, genuine aspiration. And so, I don't know that every coach takes it on as purely as you and I are speaking with right now. But that is where the sensitive, authentic listening, um, deep listening, resonating. Uh, soul that gets that it is in the connection from which healing sprouts 
Um, that's where premium coaching actually launches from. That's my experience. I really yeah, have that being the case. Absolutely. I, I think that that uh, healing is is it not an it is not a exaggeration. Um, and it's a really we're talking about something that is actually very true. Um, that there is a healing component in a good coaching relationship. And it's almost like a person's life, if they if you look at it using the analogy of a jigsaw puzzle, our lives can frequently feel like the jigsaw puzzle doesn't quite make sense. There are all these pieces, there are all of these memories and aspirations and attitudes and behaviors and habits and etc. It's kind of like the jigsaw puzzle is frequently sort of spread out into its individual pieces. And there's an innate sense inside of us that there is a picture there that can and should be found. And that we actually have a responsibility to our soul to, to really find what that looks like, what that picture actually is. And in other words, I mean, if we don't, we die with the regret and the feeling of not living life with a sense of meaning and you know, all of those things that you hear so many people going through, sort of yeah. low, mid to high level anxiety or depression or whatever, or just a feeling of disconnection, just a feeling of, you know what, it's really hard for me to keep waking up in the morning when I don't really feel both feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a good coach can help that jigsaw puzzle. Show that the, the image can become more clear. Mm-hmm. And just simply through the art of listening and reflecting. And, um, you know, a lot of coaches and a lot of therapists work on reframing the conversation in the mind, which I think is very effective. And uh, part of what I work on is getting past the conversation in the mind altogether mm-hmm. through meditation states and so forth, dropping into that space where there's less, you're less inflicted by the personal narrative that we tend to tell ourselves. Interesting. Yeah, thanks for that. I, I want, you know, one of the pieces um, that's really interesting here is there is this super saturation of people who call themselves coaches. You know, one of the most premium, let's say it's uh, what we're talking about here is at the source of all healing of humanity, uh, maybe one individual or small group at a time. And yet um, in order to practice as a coach, that all it really sort of takes is saying, I'm a coach. That's it. You don't even have to go to school for coaching. You don't need a license for coaching. You don't need a certification. Not that those things would make you any better or worse. They frankly probably make you worse in some situations. <laughs> so there's a super saturation of coaches out there. People who call themselves coaches, life coaches, business coaches, relationship coaches, um, you know, all the many coaches that are out there. And that super saturation coming from a coach's perspective, it's like, how can I cut through this muck uh, called, you know, the coaching industry 
to bring forth that I have something a little bit more, maybe more real or maybe more reliable or maybe more pertinent or maybe more uh, central or core or likely to, in fact, alter the course of someone's life uh, positively. How can I do that uh, in the face of all the noise of the many coaches, good as they might be? You know, I have some of my best friends are mediocre coaches. And, uh, you know, the idea of how can a great coach, one who's out here with his heart and soul, um, making a difference as a rule, because that's just who they are, uh, how can they shine in the face of the super saturated um, uh, environment of, you know, what appears to be an excess amount of coaches? Well, that's something that I've frequently been frustrated by in the past and still get frustrated by. And uh, it's a great question. Sometimes what happens with me when I consider that uh, I'm someone like you who has a vast amount of life experience to draw on, including becoming paraplegic when I was at the top of my game as an athlete 22 years ago and everything that has happened subsequently. And part of why I got into coaching to begin with was so many people were telling me that they were inspired by how I lived, inspired by my mindset. So I thought, okay, well, if I'm hearing that every single day, then I clearly have something that people find of value. And so I dove into coaching, but it was also with studying under a master coach for six and a half years. And it was reading as many books as I could on psychology and mindfulness and philosophy. And it was through daily meditation practice and breathwork practices and really, really, really committing my life to this occupation. And so there's times that I see people who clearly don't have anywhere near that experience who are calling themselves coaches and some of whom appear to be doing pretty well. and. God bless them for whatever they're doing. It must be effective. But there's part of me that, if I'm not careful, can kind of feel resentful of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, what, I'm, what I learned to recognize is the resentment is a futile state of consciousness to be in. And that what I'm actually doing in that state is I'm putting myself in a victim mode. And that is not very effective. Hmm. So the way I'm trying to reframe that, and it's not easy because it can be very irritating. The way that I'm trying to reframe that is looking at, well, as long as there are people in the world who are suffering, who are disconnected from a sense of meaning, who want to strive to do better and do more, but don't, but lack the resources and lack the people in their lives to help them do so, then there's a need for coaches. Mm -hmm. And so we are far, uh, you know, contra, contra to our counter to our initial conversation, our initial joking that the world, human problems are all over. Now we are far from that. 
And yeah. so uh, I wish them only the best. And, and I, and I know that there's, there's plenty of uh, need for coaches out there. And I just hope that those who deserve the credit uh, through their lived experience naturally rise to the top through having a greater influence than, uh, than those who are novices. Yeah. Um, beautiful. I, I, uh, love what you're saying. The, I noticed today, you know, I have, I have a vast amount of experience as well. And I've, I've come, I've come through, you know, I'm like, wow, you had six and a half years of training under coaching. And I, you know, it's like all, you know, under a great master coach. And I noticed that, uh, you know, in my career, um, I'm like, well, I haven't had that. And then I realized, well, I've been in mental health at the very deepest roots of mental health for since you were born, you know, and uh, and I still see myself as being sort of undertrained in delivering effective coaching, perhaps until I realized that I'm not. You were still going to Springsteen when I was born. Come on. I, I still was going to Springsteen when you were born. <laughs> and uh, and, you know, what's what's really interesting is. This model that I can't wait to share possibly with the, in the next half hour of the show, and I, I want to bring that to our listeners' attention, the model that we teased around. Um, in the meantime, I think we're almost ready to go for a commercial, but the phone number to call us if you want to speak to Sam and I, if you have a question about coaching or you want to explore something with us or uh, just any kind of comment or suggestion or opportunity to share with us, um, that would be... One eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight, or you can call us directly at one three two three seven four 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 eight three one, and that's eight 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 six two seven six zero eight. I'm looking for our first caller, and um, we'll see if anyone does call in. Uh, in the meantime, um, I think we might be queued up for uh, for a commercial. Let's go off. If we are, let's. Uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, move this commercial into uh, the, our presence and we'll catch you on the second half of the show. Sam, that was a great conversation. Let's see if we can turn it up in the second half. See you there. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Fred again. I wanted to explain to you a little bit about one of the names I have called the Undoctor. What is the Undoctor? Well, after about 15 years in the field, of me being misaligned with what I was doing because I was medicating people even knowing that medications were not the right answer. And I was diagnosing people even though I didn't always believe that they had the diagnosis that I said that they had, even though they did meet the criteria, etc. I like seeing humans for exactly who they are and who they're not and not as a diagnosis. So in 2006, I began the process of becoming the undoctor. I unmedicated, undiagnosed, and then undoctrinated a bunch of people. Like people no longer had to come to a psychiatrist because their conditions cleared. This isn't true for everyone. It may not be true for you, but for some folks who know that their diagnosis doesn't fit and who know that they don't want to keep going through with medications and don't want to be seen as someone who's defective or afflicted, this turned out to be a great intervention. 
Over time, I stopped doing that, and I no longer do a whole lot of conventional psychiatry. Now I just help people walk through their life and find their true voice. I connect with people straight up, not as if there's a power gradient between a doctor and a patient, but it's two humans connecting and resonating with each other. As it turns out, that's where all healing emanates from. So today, I've developed the Welcome to Humanity brand over the last six or seven years, and that really takes into consideration all of this. It is self-explanatory. Basically, each and every experience that we have with humanity is just as exquisite as another, even if it's deeply uncomfortable. From there, we get to actually share these human experiences. From there, we get to resonate and connect, and from there, healing takes place. I also have been helping people with their true voice, and that's why you're here today at True Voice with Dr. Fred. I help people find that true voice, really their authentic self, their core value system, and then deliver it effectively into a world that is eagerly awaiting to hear you. Without your voice, no one will ever hear you. And without your true voice, no one will ever know you. But with your true voice, you can find healing, peace, and love. True voice is what it takes to end all wars. So welcome to True Voice with Dr. Fred. Good advertisement, man. Right? Not too bad. All right. And really along the lines of what we're talking about here. I want to ask you a question. Um, since our conversation a couple of days ago, which I'm going to turn our crowd on to in just a moment, um, I really thought about this paradigm. So there's a lot of conversations we've had that lead into this, this, uh, lead into this inquiry, and I think you'll recognize them. <clears throat> this paradigm of one individual helping another individual being kind of a weak, a weak paradigm. Um, for the exact same reasons, like when I take on you as a, uh, as a client, I then am left with my core wounds being affected, even if I've healed many of them or have identified them and we get stuck in the very little, a limited interaction that can only have so many outcomes because there's only two of us. and. We start volleying back and forth, and we get limited results, even if they subjectively uh, are experienced as being like remarkably profound. Is they're simply limited in a one-on-one? So we talked a little bit. You know, there's this one-on-many, right? There's the uh, group coaching model that has one-on-many, and you can get that for cheaper because, or for less expensive because uh, the therapist is making more more money per hour, you know, more people feeding the, the coffer, if you will. One of the things that I've never heard of before that you and I kicked around last week is two-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. And I could see where that model, which I've actually never heard of. I don't know if you've heard of it. Here and there, I've seen it, but never as an actual coaching model. No, I, I haven't seen it. doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. And so this is really an interesting model. And I think frees up some of what we're talking here that we would get if if we were taking on a third person, if you and I were to coach together, and someone would come to get 
the intervention or the listening or the cross linking, um, even listening. So like I would be able to listen to you speaking to the client. You would be able to listen to me speaking to the client. You might see how the client shifts or changes or subtle changes or alterations. It seems like that perspective from a pair of coaches that knew how to work, dance, and jam together could create remarkable results, remark like totally remarkable results in a very rapid, very rapid, high-velocity fashion. Um, I'd love to hear where you are on this and just to tell our audience that you and I haven't talked much about it. I brought it to your attention at the end of our last call as a possibility it was already midnight and i think we said we'd talk about it later and now this is later so mm-hmm. uh here we are on real time yeah. your thoughts about this deal i'd love to explore this um yeah and there's power in threes you know i think there there's something about that number 3 and that type of interaction that can happen with three people communicating together that uh, my sense is it could potentially even be greater than the sum of its parts Um, because you are getting, yeah, there's a certain type of attention that that individual would be getting that they simply couldn't get, like you said, through the existing limits and biases and, and, uh, uh, unhealed wounds and so forth that you suggested, which um, many of which you and I are conscious of, but then there's things that we aren't conscious of. And, and um, you know, those things can impact the, um, the objectivity uh, and the, the power of, of the, the conversation. And, uh, and so I love the idea. I'm totally willing to to explore it. You know, it's interesting. I the other thing about this is we could actually have international. We could have, uh, of course, we could have international clients. And you know, there's this group model certainly where there's two group leaders for a group, or there's the marriage model where there's like a man and a woman with a man and a woman. And I, I have been along in that model before and found it to be very interesting and effective, but there's still camps that get created in that, in that situation. What I'm noticing here is I, as a coach, would then be able to actually watch with intent, not polluted by what am I going to say next? You know, not polluted by all the things I'm doing when I know the next volley is mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, when the next volley might not be mine, when I'm listening to the two of you speak, or I know that if I don't have anything to say, uh, it's likely that you can chime in as a co-coach, a co-coach. That's interesting. Um, So it's the co-coaching model, not meant to be a, uh, not meant to be a stuttering, but it does sound stuttering uh, like a co-coaching model. Uh, there, you know, um, it, 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 gosh, it seems like we could do work on nearly any issue or perceived problem in as little as a month or even a few weeks that could have forever lasting effects on people. If in fact we brought our expertise forth. 
Yeah. You know, another issue or problem that I see that this could help to alleviate is wherever someone might feel that input or advice or whatever that is being given from a, an individual coach, they might not fully be able to trust it. You know, it's one person's perspective, but if they can bounce that perspective off another person too, then there is that much more likelihood that there's some type of agreement that they can begin to form that may it may be a hybrid of those perspectives. It may be, well, I agree on this level, but maybe not on this level. So, so that input that can be received from two versus from one, I think creates uh, even more possibilities for trust and impact. Yeah. You know, I, again, as, as you're speaking, I'm noticing that, um, you know, um, if another way the three works is that I realize, see, I realize that my coaching, <clears throat> so assuming we had a third, a, a client with us, I would realize that I'm being monitored by you. So I'm at my very best because I have to be. So I can't get to fall off. I, you know, like falling off the bike uh, or just kind of saying something stupid or something resentful or, you know, you know, like, so like responding becomes less available because I know that I'm being quality controlled in some ways. Not only that, but I'm serving up your listening along with serving up the listening of the coachee. So when I speak, I'm speaking not only directly to the coachee, but I'm speaking in the presence of someone that I respect so much as a contributing coach. I would hire me and you instantly. That's what I feel like for if nearly any issue. I mean, you know, uh, relationship business, business issue, a masculinity issue. Um, you know, like just figuring out direction, life direction issue. Um, uh, it seems like, boy, with, uh, with this model, it'd be pretty, at least pretty close to watertight. And even the relationship issues that might come up within the model, um, if handled maturely with the experience, with the life experience that that two really, you know, refined and seasoned coaches can bring forth, um, that the model, I, I just believe that we might be able to go farther and faster, like further than we ever could individually and way quicker, way more efficiently. So I'm even wondering about offering one month packages for something like that. And just mm -hmm. assuming that that would be way enough to take on any particular concern that any coaching client might pursue us for. Well, let's just make it real right now. Anyone who hears this right now and who is interested in a one-month coaching package, call the number that Fred has advised. And uh, if this resonates with you, let us know. Let's do it. Yeah, the number is one 627 6008 or the direct number is 323-7444-831. 
And, you know, if you call now, we're not even going to be able to charge you. But what we would do is go through a little bit of what this coaching model could look like. Um, more than likely, the, what's that? You'll be the beneficiary of yeah. the first spontaneous agreement that Fred and I have just made. Yeah, the co-coaching. The co- made co- co- right co- here, co- an, an agreement made on the air right now. <laughs> it really would be cool if we got a call. And I think there's no one exempt. In other words, there's no kind of coaching that I think either of us would shy away from. On the other hand, only a certain group of people or a certain kind of person would actually pursue this as being something, you know, because you'd have to really want to take something on because we're not going to miss anything. You'd have to actually want uh, at at a core level to have a piece of your world um, looked at and probably altered or transformed to to enter this arena. Um, Takes a high level of sincerity and commitment. It would take a high level of sincerity and commitment. So I think we should do that. I think it's, I, I, let's do it and let's see how it goes. Now, the other, the other piece to this, Sam, is the mastermind model. This idea of you and I running a mastermind or a group of four or six other people who show up each week and along with each other are taking this on. Now, this model is not so different than some of the group models, some of the um, you know, some of the earlier models that have come up in the 70s and the 80s, uh, this idea that there's two group leaders with a bunch of struggling clients who are trying to get through an addiction or some loss or some trauma or some support group. That's not what I'm talking about here at all. I'm talking about really taking on um, what might be already very people who appear to be doing quite well, who are really struggling anyways. So people who are um, you know, they got, they got their, they got a paycheck, they got a family and they got a car and they got a, maybe a kid or two, or, uh, you know, they, they're, they're doing what looks like the deal. And yet inside they're maybe, uh, bleeding or perturbed or, uh, uh, you know, very, very disturbed or aimless. Um, yeah. what do you think about that mastermind yeah. possibility? Uh, that's something I'd totally be willing to explore as well as uh, you know, what you're speaking to is something that Tony Robbins speaks to. He says, there's nothing more painful than success without fulfillment. Ah, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, who was it? Uh, was it Carl Jung? I want to say Carl Jung. No, maybe it was Joyce. It was either Carl Jung or Joseph Campbell. Maybe it was Joseph Campbell. There's nothing worse than climbing up a high ladder only to realize that it was leaning against the wrong wall or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so many people out there like that. It's oh, yeah. more, that's more frequent than it is not. Most certainly. I certainly can relate. I got pretty high up the ladder inside of this world of uh, conventional medicine. You know, I was, uh, I was, you know, by the time I went into being a doctor, I was there because I didn't want to medicate the kids that I was working with. And I, I just hated the way psychiatry was dealing with those kids in, in the eight, early 80s. And, you know, had already dropped out of college a couple of times and finally just made it my goal to go back to college one more time so that I could bring, you know, proper communication back into the mental health industry. 
And lo and behold, while I was going through, you know, Prozac got invented and all of psychiatry got flipped on its ear by uh, becoming biological psychiatry or becoming, um, you know, chemical imbalance based. So all discomfort became the problem of the recipient of that discomfort. Like if you if if you weren't feeling well, that's because you were like wrong or bad or afflicted or defective. Right. And Some all sort of this weird religiosity based, <laughs> you know, karma or sin based thinking or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, it was like, well, how does it. So I, I had already climbed up a ladder that was leaning against the wrong wall. And I, you know, what was I supposed to do? Like give my license back or give my degree back or not be a doctor. I mean, it's the most powerful position in the land. You know, it's like, you know, I earned it. I went to flipping medical school. And uh, so I struggled with that for goodness gracious, for even up, I'd say up until today, where each time I write Fred Moss, MD, there's a part of that MD. I'm like, why did I do this on the one hand? And then, you know, I'm proud to have done it. I am an MD. So when I speak, people will think I have something to say. And maybe I do. I've been given access to so many different people of all walks of life who want to share their life with me and think that I have an inside track. Now, what's so interesting is it's not, it's not um, naturally simple to become aligned authentically with yourself. Like mm-hmm. it's more naturally simple to stay misaligned with the, yeah. with the familiar counter self that you have become over the years. Yeah. Yeah. My understanding is that the law of thermodynamics tends towards chaos rather than order. So it really does take a tremendous amount of will to mm-hmm. keep creating order from the chaos. Mm-hmm. And I will just respond to, to what you were just saying. I think in my mind, uh, your your choice late in life to turn your back on the medical profession respectfully, maybe respectfully and partly disrespectfully, but whatever, (laughs) turning your back on the medical profession and moving in your own intentional direction. I mean, you could have leaned on those credentials very easily for the rest of your life and lived a comfortable life. Oh yeah you know, on an ongoing basis and keep fetting people pills and kept doing what you were doing and just say, you know what? Well, screw it. Uh, This is, this really works for me. This is pays my bills, et cetera. So I, I think that alone gives you a tremendous amount of credibility that you had to be that honest with yourself and that courageous to move out of a paradigm that wasn't serving you and that felt like it wasn't serving humanity and create your own path. I think that speaks volumes about your sincerity and credibility. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I honor that and accept that and acknowledge that because that's what I'm supposed to do is honor, accept and acknowledge. And then while I'm doing that, I'm also looking back like uh, you don't, you know, you don't know the first of it. It's like, this is, it's like, uh, I suppose it represents courage and sincerity. And on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, man, the pain 
of living that life that you quoted Campbell or or Jung to have said, you know, the, the, of living the life of, of mm, I think Henry David Thoreau says, you know, uh, that uh, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation and go to their graves with their songs still in them. It's like, yeah, my song was still in me because I was no longer singing the song of this bird. I was singing some other bird's song. And so, therefore, it never really was being introduced to the world. And I was unaligned. I was misaligned. One of the things I notice now is that I don't have to answer so much to what am I supposed to do now? There's some sort of purity that's coming from what's showing up for me to say what's next is actually coming from a raw space of alignment and some truth and honesty. Yeah, there's no no longer that cognitive disconnect between what you're doing and what you're thinking about that you should do based on who you think that you need to be based on what the credentials indicate, etc. You're actually free from all of that. Well, I don't know how free, but certainly freer. And this is what well, you're pointing theory, to. I, in theory, I, you're quite, you're you're considerably freer, right? And I I wonder. This is where you were pointing to with our potential uh, client base. I I'm not sure that there's not a majority of people that are actually experiencing some form of that in their life, where they're walking through life doing what they do, knowing that it's what, like, for instance, getting paid to do what you hate. What, what is that? Yeah. Well, a good way of checking in on that and taking a sort of a personal analysis is ask yourself, do I blame myself or anyone for anything? Hmm. Is this, is this something that do I regularly blame that is a good indication that you're not following an intentional path that's really connected and aligned with a deeper state of meaning and purpose. Blame is a symptom of that. Hmm. So I'm going to ask you to say a little bit more. I, I, it's very intriguing. And how does, uh, can you give us a little bit of the, the genesis of, I mean, I think I understand, but how does, if I'm blaming, if it's their fault, or even my fault for things going awry, how is that representative of me uh, not living uh, on my own pure path? Yeah, sure. Happy to elaborate. Well, everything that is occurring within us is a projection of our inner world. Like we were talking about earlier on in the podcast, everything going on is my own mental process, my own beliefs about myself, my beliefs about the world, my beliefs about God, my beliefs about my partner, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is happening within us. So if we if we look at if we look at the energy of blame, it's saying there is something wrong right now. And either I am responsible for it or someone outside of me is responsible for it. There is something that is taking me away from my deeper fulfillment, from my potential to feel joy on a deeper level than happiness, just a sense of joy of being alive, which we all can feel. 
So if there's blame involved, it's saying something, something that you did just took me away from feeling good. And I'm going to make you wrong for doing it. Now, that's not the type of language that happens in the mind of someone who is aligned with their direction. Mm. Is someone who's aligned with their direction, they're just they're too busy focused on what they want and what they're doing mm-hmm. to be blaming other people for where they don't want something to be happening. It's not that you won't have disagreements and have moments come up where you find yourself blaming others. But the question is, how willing are you or able are you to step back, reassess, and take responsibility for the fact that that person didn't do anything to you? (laughs) It just triggered something in you where you were not in alignment with an intentional direction. Mm -hmm. As you speak, I realize that it's, you know, again, like a conversation we had Monday morning, yesterday morning, I guess, is uh, it's like, well, if I could live without blame, if I could live with the idea that these are the rules of, you know, these are the conditions of the game that uh, you or no one can really cause me to, you know, blame, like, you know, you, I, I can't blame you for my troubles. I mean, I could think of some situations where I could blame you. Um, but though they probably are situations where I'm not aligned at the very greatest height with the idea that life is exactly as it should be. And who I get to be in this life is designed by me, the grand author. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when, when I'm aligned with that, there is an immense freedom, no matter what the things are that are going on around me, or no matter what he or she said or did. Um, and it's a, it's like a cosmic exhale that I experience. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We, we all have our wounded child who feels like a victim of circumstance Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Every single one of us possesses part of that in our psyches. This feeling of, Oh man, it's because of you or it's because of this situation that I don't feel better, that I haven't made more money, that I haven't this, that I haven't that. And it's all projections of our imagination. Mm-hmm. It can't not be. It can mm-hmm. only be projections of our imagination. Neurophysiology, from a neurophysiological standpoint, those responses can only be projections of our imagination. So we have to lose, we have to choose to imagine differently. Mm-hmm. Choose to imagine. To choose to imagine in a way that feels more like what we want versus what we don't want. That's amazing. Beautiful. Sam, we, we're coming up to the end here. Again, I'm going to leave this number in case anyone wants to either call with a quick thumbs up or quick question. Otherwise, I think we're going to have to call it a day. Uh, my number, uh, the number here to speak up to us is one eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight, or the direct number is three two three seven four 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 eight three one. What a cool conversation, Sam! Um, so our audience should know that we don't always talk this calm, and uh, uh, we don't know we're not always exploring the outer edges of consciousness in a way that is like kosher and relevant. Uh, Sam and I have a pretty raucously good time here and there. 
And it's very um, NPR-esque given, for, given our natural constitutions. It is. We, so you, y'all just got that load. And I'm not promising that if you hire us as a coach that we're going to stay just like this. I, so I just want to make that disclaimer. It's, it might not <laughs> Sam, thanks for being a guest on True Voice with Dr. Fred. It has been a deep honor and a deep pleasure as usual. I love you. Thanks for being my friend and my buddy. Me and too, my friend. Thank yeah. you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. Let's see if we got a closing, a closer, a bumper on the backside of this thing that y'all can listen to. In the meantime, we'll catch you next Tuesday at 6 o'clock Pacific time. Thanks for tuning in to True Voice with Dr. Fred. It's an honor to be with you as well. Let's walk on through the world. Welcome to humanity. Welcome to your true voice. Catch you on the flip aside. Bye for now. Hello, everybody, and I just wanted to thank you for getting through another episode of True Voice with Dr. Fred. Wasn't that great? It is so much fun to interact with people and then interact with my listenership about really finding True Voice and then bringing it forward. I really have never done anything more important than this, and I'm finally aligned with myself by helping others find their True Voice. Let's find your alignment. What do you really want in your life? 